0: Welcome into the bank, a show
1: which covers the Baltimore Ravens and the NFL. The bank is part of BSL radio. Baltimore sports and life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter.
0: Welcome into the bank. The Ravens are 3-1. and one, uh, Coming into a Monday night game versus Indianapolis. I'm joined, as always, by my colleagues uh, Mike Randall and Jamie Seek. Excited to talk to them tonight. First, a word from the sponsor, Mercer Floor and Home Carpet One. They're a third-generation family business established in 1959. They're located on Main Street in beautiful, historic downtown Westminster. They're the oldest floor-covering store in Carroll County and one of Maryland's longest-running flooring businesses. For all your flooring needs, think Mercer floor and home carpet one. So, as we said, the Ravens left Denver 3-1. They outscored the Broncos 23-0 to in to the game. Obviously, Denver's offense was impacted by losing uh, Bridgewater to an in-game concussion, but it was a quality defensive performance for uh Baltimore regardless. So what are your thoughts on the defense as a whole going into week five, Jamie?
2: Excuse me, Mike. Um, I think they're okay. It's nice to see some of the guys, I think, stepping up like uh, Odafe Owe as a rookie, making an impact. Anthony Averitt, uh, you know, stepping in in Marcus Peters' uh, place. He's been playing well. I feel like Justin Matabike, he's a guy we want to see take the next step in his development. He looks like he's doing – Uh, just that a couple times this year, uh, we've seen him even just, you get a guy by the Jersey and he's yanking him down in the backfield. Uh, he looks like he's going to be a force in the years to come. Uh, they still have some things to clean up. Uh, Marlon Humphrey hasn't looked as shut down as he normally is. Uh, the Raiders game, he was beat once or twice, uh, yeah, especially the very last play there. In that one, I, I believe the Chiefs game, was it, it was Byron Pringle, I think, or Nicole Hartman had the opening score, uh, beat him on that one. Uh, you know, We haven't uh, seen him have a punch out either, either uh, yet this year, which is kind of his forte and what he's known for, including being a shutdown corner. But all in all, I think they're doing okay. They're closer to good than bad, I believe, at this point.
1: Uh,
0: Jamie, how about yourself, where's your confidence with the defense right now?
1: Um, let's say the arrow is pointing up. If it was the, uh, the the stock market, I think we're we're trending in the right direction. There's been uh, fits and spurts throughout the season so far of good play, but it's been interrupted by, you know, whether it's losing double-digit leads against Las Vegas and then again against the Lions, but last week. Other than the the one touchdown drive it was it was a pretty suffocating performance and it makes sense you get the guys back that you lost the week prior you know obviously the, the yeah, excuse me the Detroit game you were down a few key pieces um, Mike mentioned a couple of the uh, the you know the names of the guys that we wanted to see take those next steps wanted to see growth from Matabike, OA we're, we're seeing that kind of thing. And I think the loss of Marcus Peters so close to the beginning of the season really did have a little bit of a hangover effect. I think you saw that in week one. And now that averett has has a couple of weeks under his belt, he played through a bad ankle last week and and he's definitely made some big plays. I think they're moving in the right direction, but it's still a work in progress.
0: Our colleague uh, Rosette Salovic, and sorry Marzet, if I butchered that, has been showing how the Ravens have graded each week via Pro Football Focus. The PFF grades have not been kind to second-year linebacker Patrick Queen. What are you seeing there, Jamie?
1: Uh, I mean, I think the uh, Pro Football Focus grades are really matching what the eyes are seeing, uh, and it's really disappointing after the preseason that Queen had. It looked like, and it looked like he was. Almost like the light bulb came on uh he talked about he said all the right things in in the preseason throughout training camp and you really thought okay this guy's gonna he's ready he's shook off that rookie year how he talked about not being able to prepare properly and all the things that we've talked about ad nauseum but we're kind of seeing the same mistakes, you know, a little lacking in pass coverage, not squaring up and wrapping up guys, throwing a shoulder to try to make a tackle instead of just squaring up and getting a guy to the ground, leaving your feet too much, just missing tackles. What he, uh, uh, Ms. said in the article, what he missed, not he's missed nine tackles already this year in four games. That's, that's way too much for a middle linebacker or an inside linebacker. So improvement is definitely needed.
0: Mike, obviously we knew uh, last year, you know, we talked about it. Look, I was excited to have him uh, picked. He was who I kind of targeted uh, and was ready there for kind of the, you know, I didn't think there were excuses. I thought it was kind of accurate to say, hey, he didn't have the full training camp. He was uh, extremely young last year. There were growing pains. There were some positive signs occasionally, like he had the one week for Cincinnati, but – uh, overall, thought after a full off season, another year offseason train, another, you know, off work in the system. And then as uh, Jamie alluded to, he looked good in training camp. I was expecting for more of these first few weeks, but you can't hide that he's been missing uh, tackles and still and still having issues in the passing game. Uh, the biggest thing for me when I, I look at him is that he seems a little uh everything looks reactionary, you know, where, where he looks like he's still thinking and he's not just able to just quickly read and react. And, uh, you know, I, I would just be telling him, I would try to make it as simple as possible for him and just say, go hit somebody, you know, that that's, you know, uh, that's where kind of I'm at, but what are yeah. you saying? And what are, what are your thoughts?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I see all those things. To. You could even you know, make some excuses. I mean, actually, week one, he actually looked really, really good this year. He had a good preseason where he was uh, getting sideline to sideline and making plays. Week one, uh, the same deal, just blowing up screen plays, making plays in the backfield. Kansas City game was not good. Detroit game was not good. Um, But Kansas City is going to eat up a lot of defenses. Detroit, you were missing Brandon Williams, Justin Matabike, Justin Houston. Uh, Malik Harrison, I think, was limited in snaps in that game, too. The guy, you know, linebacker that plays next to him. Uh, So, I mean, you can make some excuses for some of those games. But then Denver, there's no excuse there. There was... He was burnt by a tight end not named Noah Fant, whose name I would butcher if I tried to say it. Um, but that guy dropped the ball, saving Queen from an embarrassing touchdown allowed on him. And then, uh, yeah, we, you know, Jamie and uh, Miseret mentioned the nine missed tackles that leads mm-hmm. the league. He led the league last year in missed tackles with 22. Uh, yeah, we wanted to see him take that step, and he, he really hasn't. And I think there was some talk in the preseason about – Uh, with Rob Ryan coming in that he was able to simplify or not simplify, but I guess teach the defense to queen in a way that he would understand. And he said he picked it up. And I think we saw that, like I said, in the preseason and week one, it looked like he was being more instinctual with his movements, like finding the ball faster, getting to it faster, rather than trying to wait and and think and see what do I got to do. And, I don't know what happened after week one and the preseason that he looks so good that he's back to, like, as you said, just looks like he's, he's lost his instincts. He's thinking about things and then reacting to it. And by then it's far too late.
0: Yeah. I mean, what we're so, not seeing week to week is, is him as an athlete. And that's what you, you drafted him as, uh, Right. you know, you know, he was on, on the slight side, but you're not seeing, you're not, you're seeing, not seeing the, seeing the speed you're not seeing the speed you're not seeing the athleticism pop and for me that always the reason is because you're you're out there thinking. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: yeah uh, you're waiting for him to like shoot a gap or yeah. <laughs> you know re- really you know get into the backfield and and blow blow up a running play or or you know chase you know knock a knock a swing pass down, jump a route, do something like that that looks like he's seen it on film. He he read his keys. He's going to go attack this play, and it just it doesn't seem to be happening.
0: Yeah, obviously we know college is not the pros, even the SEC. But I'd be going back and turning on the highlights of uh, his last year at LSU and seeing reminding everybody reminding yourself this is what you were capable of this is what you did Let, let's put you in positions to succeed otherwise you're winding up in a danger zone where you know you might have to start limiting snaps and finding uh some type of veteran replacement so yeah. something to watch in, in the next uh, few weeks here uh Hollywood Brown, he rebounded from a couple of drops at Detroit to have another strong game, including uh, that remarkable catch there in Denver. He's now on a 76 catch, 1,300-yard, 12-touchdown pace. So are we all feeling good about his development, Mike?
2: Uh, he definitely redeemed himself, that's for sure. Uh, a lot of us were down on him after that Detroit performance, but that that catch in Denver was A+. Plus, uh, Every, every game this year, he's found himself at some point open behind the entire defense. Uh, you know, speed kills. So the only the only other guy that does that on the regular that I notice is Tyreek Hill. Uh, and the Ravens did not let Tyreek Hill do that when they played the Chiefs in Week 2. I, furthermore, I think this only helps Rashad Bateman out when he debuts, which if it's not this week... Uh, when he does debut, I think he needs to be the X and get the starter snaps and, and Watkins take a take a little bit of a cut on his snap count because um, I think Bateman and Brown will complement each other very well, whether it's uh, Bateman's skill set in the X, uh, drawing coverage from the other team's top corner uh, and letting Brown be able to work against the lesser guys and get open even more for these uh, deep balls. Or if... Brown keeps balling out the way he is, uh, like he did in Denver and the other two games. Then he's going to draw the, the the bracket coverage and the, the tougher cornerback matchup, and that's going to allow Bateman, you know, as a rookie getting his feet wet, uh, to, you know, maybe show what he can do uh, against some uh, lesser corners. So I, I think what he's what what Brown's doing is not only his development, but it's going to help the the other guys on this offense too.
0: Jamie, are you seeing anything the Ravens are schematically doing that's getting Brown maybe open more consistently? Or are we just seeing teams sell out to try and slow down the run uh, and and then you have more single coverage on, on the outside and he's uh, beating that to speed? What, what are you seeing?
1: Well, I well f- first and foremost, they're they're moving him around. Uh, the uh, the the play at the I think it was the third quarter where he uh, where he caught the ball and almost broke away for like would have been like a long catch and run, but the safety got him after like a I think it ended up being like a twenty five yard gain or something. He ran that route from the slot, and then the uh, the the touchdown. I believe he ran that – he was he was lined up on the outside there, so move him around a little bit. Of course, if you can get him in the slot from time to time, get him on a slot corner, his speed, quick twitch, that kind of stuff will take advantage of a lesser corner. Um, but I think one thing that we're seeing when we talk about development is – the first two years, probably the biggest criticism that I had was he was allergic to contact. He avoided it like the plague. he would run out of bounds, he would run even backwards to fall down and avoid a hit. Now he is a you know he is slight a frame, but you know you're in the NFL, you're going to get hit. And that was something that he talked about that he worked on in the offseason with, you know, with the new receivers coach and those philosophies and things that they discussed. He's not shying away from contact. He's getting extra yardage. And I think that just adds to that adds another dimension to his game. The fact that you're going to get those couple extra yards and every yard counts. So I would argue that he's our second best offensive player so far this year. I'd even put him a little bit above Andrews because of the impact he's made other than you know, he had a little brain fart there in Detroit. Luckily, it didn't cost us. And he, But he seems like he's bounced back from that well, just like he did last year when he made the big play in the Cleveland game and then went on a nice run into the postseason. Yeah, great point there, Jamie.
0: I do feel like they've uh, been using him maybe a little bit more on uh, slants, a little bit more crossing routes that are, are just creating that little bit of extra separation and, you know, enjoying seeing that. You know, obviously you just want to – find that speed and space and give him a chance. Uh keeping with the receivers, uh, Proche had 5 catches on 6 targets versus Denver. Uh Mark Andrews has had 5 catches in each of the last 3 games. Sammy Watkins is also on a 64 catch 1000 yard pace and as Mike mentioned, Rashad Bateman is nearing his pro debut. So how are we feeling about the passing weapons uh as a whole here Jimmy?
1: I mean, you have to like the returns so far. Uh, I don't think anybody foresaw us throwing the ball as much as we have, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously, we didn't think we were going to lose our entire running back room within you know a week of starting the season. So I think that's obviously had a big impact on how the passing game is being used and how often we are throwing. Now, whether that's been a function of opponent and specific game plan or whether that's just looking at the personnel that you have and saying well let's try to take advantage of this other thing and also we wanted to grow the offense with lamar but it's i mean it's encouraging i think the only thing that is a i don't want to say detriment's not the right word but or even can or bears watching is how the snaps are gonna play out mike alluded to it earlier that maybe uh watkins will probably have to take a step back as Bateman gets healthy and he hopefully he establishes himself to what we believe he's going to be. It is going to be interesting how the opportunities shake out. And especially if the running game kind of comes back into focus and we're only throwing the ball, say 25 times a game, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a, a I think a good problem though, because you always want more good players than less good players. So Mike, you can speak to the, uh,
0: passing weapons as a whole or you can just speak to uh Perche and what you saw out of him this uh, past weekend in Denver
2: yeah I'm glad he finally is getting the the looks that he's deserved he was the training camp MVP it seemed like every, every day an article coming out of there was praising what he was doing the preseason games he looked great guy has great hands uh, he had those in college he's still got them right now I, I think he's going to I think he ought to be surpassing DuVernay at this point, uh, even though DuVernay we saw had that uh, great touchdown catch in uh, the Detroit game. Uh, But I think, I think Prochet needs to keep, keep getting these looks, keep uh, building his confidence. uh, uh, Everything that we've heard about him being like the first guy there, the last guy to leave everything we've been hearing. I, I mean, reward, reward this guy for that. And, uh, I mean, the guy Lamar threw a couple of those passes in Denver, not right on his numbers either. Like he plucked one off, like nearly off the ground for for a catch. I mean, the guys the guys got hands, so uh, you know, use them. I think. And uh, as far as the the rest of the the other receivers, the only the only other guy I want to talk about when I mean, he was Andrews, and uh, we know what he's capable of, but I'm still kind of waiting for him to have that big big time game. Where he has like a Travis Kelsey kind of line, where he goes like ten for one fifty and two or three scores or something like that, or, or catch a ball and knock like three guys over on his way to the end zone. It doesn't seem like he's uh, been been making these highlight reel like guy draped over him and he's still grabbing the ball kind of catches. He's he, he's catching the ball when he's open. He runs until he gets hit. Uh, I mean, he's doing good. He's having a solid year, but um, still waiting for him to have that big time highlight reel kind of kind of game
0: so as we think about the weapons it's obviously easier to utilize them if you have the uh some blocking up front and of course the ravens are still dealing with uh an offensive line in some type of flux with ronnie stanley dealing with his injuries and villanueva uh they've been battling a knee and was uh banged up this past weekend so thoughts on the line mike
2: I think if you throw out week one, then they they look the part. They look really good. Villanueva, you hope can go this week, and you know they haven't heard anything about it yet. Um, but I wonder if him sitting out the end of the Denver game maybe it was just a matter of basically having that game in hand. Andre Smith did not look good in that game. He wasn't protected on the practice squad this week. Uh, So if somebody wanted to take a chance on Andre Smith, they definitely could. But I don't think anybody will be uh, making that call. Um, But Bozeman, Zeitler, Patrick McCarry at right tackle has all worked out well. Uh, You don't hear a lot of these guys' names during the broadcast, which is usually a great thing when it comes to O-linemen. They're not getting penalized or beaten. Uh, I think everyone, including myself, wanted to see Ben Cleveland out there just pancaking guys all day. Uh, but he's developing a little bit. Uh, he's getting a split timeshare with Ben Powers at left guard. Maybe this off he packs on some even more muscle in an NFL weight room. Um, next year, maybe he's the absolute monster. I mean, you know, granted this guy was a third round pick, so he's not wasn't a first rounder. So you know, he's a little bit of a raw product. So we'll see on him. But uh, you just hope that Villanueva is your left tackle until Stanley gets better. And you hope those guys are good until we see what maybe what Juwan James has later in the year. But yeah, if Andre Smith is out there, it's going to get a little dicey. Jamie, can you uh, update us on Stanley?
0: What's the latest we've seen there?
1: Uh, I, the, I mean the the last thing that we heard was it's not surgical. I mean, so that's a good thing, and he's it's just about uh, doing some more rehab. If I were to you know place a wager, I would say uh, we'll see him after the bye week. I think that gives him about, that would give him about another month to work out whatever it was, whether it was scar tissue or just strength or pain tolerance through, you know, through the back of the rehab process. They've not really been specific. So I I would just think that week nine is probably a good target for that. Um, If I was DaCosta, I'd be on the phone. I know we only have about, I think uh, this morning it was, we only have about 2.2 million under the cap roughly per over the cap.com. I don't yeah, know if there's anybody that's about right. Yeah, if uh I know we talked in the off season about uh Rick Wagner being a free agent now. I know he kind of hinted at retirement, but maybe if he's interested in uh, you know, playing, you know, playing 12 or 13 games for a contender, see if you can uh, you know, slide him a couple bucks and maybe get him to come in because I they are they're they're to the bottom with the tackle situation. If if with villain if this is a need it's going to keep acting up you you can't turn to Andre Smith in the first quarter of a game against you know the browns or something so it'd be uh, uh, let's just hope he can hang on until Stanley gets back let's just say that
0: yeah and you hope Stanley actually gets back and he's uh i mean he's missed a lot of time now between last year and now uh, yeah. the, these continuing weeks so it's it's not a when I say gets back, yeah, I fully expect he's going to play at some point, but you wonder at what level he's going to, uh, uh, to
1: be. Yeah, tr- truth be told, I was kind of surprised that they were saying he was going to be ready to start the season. I mean, he he did that in what? Oct- he got hurt what late October or early November, I believe. And I mean that's an he he shredded his ankle, and that's that's an offensive lineman. I mean that's a three hundred thirty three hundred forty pound man that needs the you know you, you need your ankles when you're you know I mean hell it was a toe that ended Jonathan Ogden's career because you need that base. Uh, so I don't think it's any big surprise that he wasn't mm-hmm. quite back to himself. Maybe they yeah, were just overly right. optimistic.
0: You're right, Jamie. It was a uh, November first, week eight <laughs> game that he was carted off the field of his yeah. uh, season-ending ankle injury. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And there were reports over the summer. and we had talked about it uh, here. There was some question if he was going to be in the lineup to start the year. And then when we saw him back in camp, we, we all kind of breathed a sigh of relief. Maybe that was a little bit too quick. I do I do prefer, I guess, him being out now if they're getting him right. <laughs> right. And if that's going to be the difference. Yeah. yeah. Maybe uh,
2: more important later rather than right now.
0: Right. Yep. Uh, so what else? Do we got going, going on? on. So Tyson
2: Williams, he was
0: down Sunday with Le'Veon Bell activated. Uh, what are we going to see Monday night, Jamie? Um,
1: if uh, well, once again, if I was to place a wager, and this might be wishful thinking, just because of my pointed criticism of Devonta Freeman, but I hope that Devonta Freeman is down and Williams is back up. I think they need his explosiveness. They they need his uh, he he's already caught five passes out of the backfield and limited opportunities. I think you like to have that element as part as part of the game. Uh, I think let's put it this way with the guys on the roster currently. Um, Latavius Murray is fine in the role that he's in. I don't necessarily think he should be your number 1 back, but he's a guy that should be getting, you know, in the neighborhood of I don't know 6 to 10 carries a game give or take. I think they want to get a longer look at Le'Veon Bell just to see if anything's there. I, I mean, I'm not uber confident that he's going to be productive, but given the circumstances and given who's here, I think you got to at least get him a little bit longer of a look. And I would be a big proponent for Nate McCrary getting a, getting a shot on the uh, on the main roster but we will have to see how that goes. But I absolutely think Williams will be back up unless for some reason they're just going to be really stubborn about wanting to see what they have with the, you know, the 2016 Pro Bowl crew. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think th- they need something else because the, the, bra- the, the get to the edge, you know, hit, find that hole and hit it, that's just not there with this group right now unless Williams is up. He's the one guy that gives you that out of the guys that are on the 53-man roster currently.
0: Yeah, Mike, so there's a lot of conjecture at the board and I guess everywhere in Ravens land of wondering why Williams was down. And maybe it's just something we're not going to be made aware aware of, you know, maybe it was something uh, in practice, maybe it was the fumbles, maybe there was something off the field <laughs> uh, uh, that, you know, Maybe, as you had suggested, it's trying to limit his overall snaps during the year where uh, you realize you're going to need his younger legs uh, hopefully later in the year when your games might matter more. Uh, But to Jamie's point, yeah, you really see that he's the only one that has any real burst. Murray, I'm fine with kind of in like a Gus Edwards type of we're going to hammer between the tackles 5 Five to ten times per game. He's not going to be Gus Edwards getting five yards of carry, but yeah, a veteran back that can hammer a little bit. And then, and then Bell, he had a lot of catches two years ago, but like I, his legs looked pretty. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't he, see any real burst there the other day. Yeah, that <laughs> he looked like
2: he spent over a year sitting on the couch and then uh, got up to try to play football three weeks ago. So
0: maybe, um, he could, maybe he could still help in some in some pass catching capacity on third. Maybe there's a little bit more laugh as he gets into football shape. But
2: yeah, they did protect him on the practice squad, so they they do want to keep him around another week. I think he'll be active this week too. Um, I think, I mean, Jamie, I agree with everything Jamie said. Williams has to be up uh, and Freeman has to be down. If this damn hundred yard rushing record matters so much to you, don't healthy scratch your best running back. And, uh, you know, as Jamie alluded to, to Nate McCrary, I mean, him and Williams are the only guys with the speed that get around the corner right now. So uh, I think those, those two guys and, and Bell kind of give you, I think maybe the, or, yeah, those two guys in Bell maybe give you the best shot at having a versatile kind of uh, running game. Uh, Murray, he, he's not. Gus Edwards, like you said, I don't think I've seen anyone get not get first downs on so many third and two carries in a game in my life. Uh, I was so – even the, the – was it the first drive of the first, fourth quarter when they punted and, I don't know, we had the ball in like our five and we handed it to Murray three straight times – and he, it was like two yards, two yards, two yards. And we punted back and it was like, yeah, definitely. What, seen that what are we doing here?
0: Multiple times so far this year.
2: Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, Murray and, and uh, Freeman are just definitely not, not the guys in my opinion, Murray might have a nose for the end zone. His two longest carries are eight yards and 11 yards. And both of them were touchdowns. So maybe when you get down inside the 10, that's where, where Murray maybe has a little extra juice in him, but. Uh, yeah, Williams needs to be up for sure.
0: It's hard not to watch every week and just be thinking, yeah, I'd really like to be watching uh, Dobbins and Edwards. Uh, oh, God, yes. <laughs> and with the gains we've seen maybe in the uh, in the passing game, as we mentioned, you can really imagine how dynamic the offense could potentially be if, uh, if they had the backs there available. But uh, kind of to Jamie's one point, maybe the – if we're looking at silver linings, maybe it's forced them to go to the pass a, a, a little bit more and to develop uh, uh, some of the weapons there. So uh, I, I do think they have enough with the backs that they have that they can get production, certainly when you factor in uh, Jackson on top of everything uh, there. it just uh, maybe we saw uh, at... Denver that it's not going to come quite as easily you uh, there as, as it's been, uh, you know, for several years now, Uh, but could still be productive and compared to most probably uh, still better than most. Yeah. By football outsiders, the Ravens are six overall. They are 10th in offense and 12th in defense and second in special teams. Uh, Does this sound right to you, uh, Mike?
2: I think so. Uh, I don't know who the, the other five are Uh, no one in this league looks like they're running miles ahead of the of the pack right now so if you're putting the Ravens in the same group as let's say the Cardinals the Rams the Bills Chargers and Bucks uh, I'd buy that yeah I think Dallas is up there as well Uh, Uh, of course they are (laughs) I know I I know there's there's all it's only uh, there's nothing objective um, or there's nothing subjective about those, the football outsiders rankings, but of, of course Dallas is up there for some reason. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's still feels so. Uh, yeah. A little early,
2: uh, but it, Jamie,
0: you know, general grades there: tenth in offense, twelfth in defense. I mean, second special teams sounds, uh, you know,
2: sounds uh, one about- too low. <laughs> yeah. right.
1: right. right. Yeah. Considering special teams literally won you a game with an NFL record. I, I'd like to see who has a higher rank special teams. And then Duvernay has been the best punt return in the league. I mean, he's put the ball on the carpet once or twice, but he's leading the league in punt return average, if I'm not mistaken, and kickoff returns. Are they really a part of the game anymore? I mean, I think we had that one where we kicked it short. Uh, to try to pin them deep, and I think we got their return down at the 24-yard line, so we got that. Uh, we got the 36 inches in field position. But yeah, I mean, it feels it feels about right uh, offensively. I think the reason why they're where they are is because haven't been finishing drives the way we had the last couple of years. There's been a couple of drives in the red zone that have stalled. That's a little bit surprising, and I think that's a product of the running game uh, when, when you're not picking up six six yards a clip and putting yourself in you know. Second and short constantly, it's going to impact you. And that's, we've had to kick a few more field goals. So I think that's knocked the ranking down a little bit, but it feels about right overall.
0: Uh, I felt pretty good with the rankings and there across the board overall and by category, just feeling again, you know, you got 14 guys on IR and uh, uh, they're three and one. And uh, it feels like they're trending up as they begin this three game homestand Monday night against. Indianapolis, Uh, the Colts were labeled a dark horse contender by some uh, AFC contender. (laughs) They started their season losing their first three games before beating Miami last Sunday. So,
2: uh, Mike, you're looking at this game. What are the keys? Uh, My big one is to pressure Carson Wentz um, a lot. And with uh, Quentin Nelson recently going on IR, and they're also, I believe, their right tackle, his name's escaping me right now, but I think he's injured as well. Uh, you know, their offensive line is could be shaky. Uh, seems like an opportunity to uh, get the glass Joe back there and uh, make his uh, two, you know, on his two bum ankles, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't finish this game. But um, that, and uh, he, he doesn't, Carson Wentz doesn't respond well to pressure. His passing numbers are are very pedestrian when he's pressured when he's blitzed he, he's very very poor uh when, when you do uh, bring the heat on him so uh we, we've seen the last couple of weeks the ravens have been able to get home with four uh they did that against bridgewater which was important uh because bridgewater did does have a uh a lot of success when you blitz him. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over. Granted, he missed the second half of Sunday's game. But but the Ravens were able to generate pressure with uh, their front four. Uh, with, with Indy, if you want to show us some of those 11-in-the-box uh, looks and uh, really try to confuse Carson Wentz and send guys from all over the place, and I, I think that's the game to do it. But you also got to look out and, uh, you know, in that same respect, uh, stacking the box, you might be doing that to stop Jonathan Taylor, who uh, is probably their best offensive weapon. So, uh, yeah, slow down Jonathan Taylor and beat. uh, Don't let Carson Wentz finish the game.
0: You you heard it, Mike. uh, Jamie, Mike has a bounty out on Wednesday. He's he's got money for O.A. and uh, Bowser to uh, knock out Carson there. So, uh, you know, what are you
1: looking to see? Uh, well, from a guy who only has one bad ankle. So I got that on Carson Wentz. He's got two. Um, when someone on this podcast might have called Indy a dark horse contender, uh, that someone might have been me. I apologize to every, everyone who listened, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, right now, Indy, Indy's kind of mediocre. Their they're yards, points scored, points allowed, all that stuff. They're just they're kind of a just a middle-of-the-pack team. Uh, I mean, Carson Wentz. You know, he's he's okay. I mean, he's, he's fine, but they're not doing anything super special. Jonathan Taylor did, did look like he's starting to get on track. He had his best game of the season on uh, uh, this last weekend, and I'm glad for that because he's on my fantasy team. But the big thing with the Colts this year has been Wentz has only has one interception, and that was on a, a broken shovel pass that the Rams blew up. Um, and Wentz has had a propensity for turning the ball over, and he's not been putting the ball in harm's way this year. So that's something that, I, that Frank Reich, I think, really emphasized with him, and it seems to be working out so far. And the Colts are also tied for fourth in the league with eight takeaways. And So that always plays into my constant theme of take care of the football, try to take away the football, win the turnover battle. And the Ravens haven't been taking the ball away a ton. And, I mean, now as far as giving the ball away, it's been better the last couple of weeks so that's that's encouraging but you got these guys at home Uh, they don't have anybody offensively that really scares you they're dealing with some injuries as well I think they had six or seven starters down last week just through various injuries and whatnot I mean Monday night primetime game this is one where I think the 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 Ravens should cover the spread easily probably win by double digits barring you know
0: yeah, Jamie, you certainly weren't alone in liking uh, liking the Colts. A lot, a lot of people did. I mean, it's a team with with some talent. I think they're better than their one and three yeah. mark. And if the line was their offensive line was healthy, I might be a little bit more scared. For me, I just want to see the Ravens get out with a lead. Mm-hmm. They've been playing. You know, they, they've fallen behind the last couple of weeks, and like I'd like to see play from ahead, put the pressure on them. Uh, you know, get the running game going again little things for me and, and just uh you know get this first win at home start this home homestand and then you're four and one and you're in pretty good position yeah, yeah certainly and if it's bateman's first uh, nfl game it would be nice to see him get his first uh, get his feet wet get a couple of a uh, couple of catches there mm-hmm. yeah uh, any last thoughts guys anything we didn't mention anything you want to
1: I I, I mean, I I just think it at three and one. Even though we kind of hoped this was going to be the case, it was you know you really didn't know where they were going to be after after the Raiders lost. I think we were everybody was feeling a little bit punchy, like like oh that wasn't supposed to happen, and wow are they going to be able to overcome the injuries, et cetera, et cetera. But now here you are at three and one, staring at these three home games for the bye week, and what we talked about a couple weeks ago that maybe getting to the bye at six and one. I mean, I don't want to get too far ahead, week to week league, all that jazz, but they've got themselves in position.
2: Yeah, I don't know what happened week one around the league, to be honest, because uh, the, the Steelers beat the Bills in Buffalo, and since then the Steelers have looked like the worst team in football, and the Bills have looked like the best. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the the Packers laid a complete egg in week one, losing thirty eight to three, after Aaron Rodgers basically sat out all of. The offseason and uh, you know, came in and laid that egg, but and then the, since then, the Packers are just rolling, doing what they doing, what Aaron Rodgers does. I, I have no clue what happened this week one this year.
0: <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's what we said two weeks ago was a uh, lack of hitting in uh, in camp, and then extended snaps. And teams, uh, you know, some are ready to play and some weren't, but yeah, uh, you know. It counts credit to the Raiders and then they won their next couple of games before losing to the Chargers this past weekend. But uh, yeah, that was certainly a game the Ravens could have won. And that was with the Ravens, again, dealing with all their players on the shelf and facing the adversity they had. So if they face uh, Vegas again, I feel pretty good there. But uh, yeah, Ravens, it's about taking care of business on their own Monday night cold, uh in town and you got to uh, make sure Indianapolis goes home with the L. So good thoughts there from Mike and Jamie. Come and join us at the board, BaltimoreSportsAndLife.com, and the message board, join the Ravens uh, talk, join the game thread uh, Monday night and uh, uh, NFL action as well. And then I'll be back uh, tomorrow night talking to our colleague Sid Saraf On Sports Tonight, we'll preview the NFL schedule for the weekend. Uh, Make sure you give a listen to that. So for Mike and Jamie, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again soon. Take care.